again for another fun-filled episode of the 2014 Big Footy Blues podcast. We hope you have missed us as much as we have missed you. I'm still ODN and I'll be tossing the coin and kicking with a breeze as our talented ensemble cast leads us to yet another victory. I'm speaking of course of Mebby, Shandog, Happy Dude and HBF. How are you all gang? Awesome. Okay, let's launch straight into it. Yes, it's weekend wait time where we dissect last weekend's Carlton game, whether in excitement or quiet reflection. Sunday night at some godforsaken hour, Carlton 11-10-76 went down to Collingwood 13-13-91 in front of three men and a dog at the MCG. Goals for Carlton... Uh. <laughs> Sorry, three men, a dog and maybe. Uh, Carlton... Uh, for Carlton, Everett kicked two goals, Henderson two, and singles to Judd, Casbolt, McLean, Gibbs, Thomas, Menzel, and Murphy. Uh, named in our best were Judd, Gibbs, Curnow, Robinson, Simpson, and Jamison. I kind of disagree with that because I think the Aaron should be in there at least. Uh, injuries, uh, Carlton, uh, White uh, was replaced in the selected side by Armfield, um, as, as we all uh, predicted, and... Uh, Dennis Armfield was subbed out for Blaine Johnson in the third quarter. Reports. Mitch Robinson was reported for striking Taylor Adams. Good shot it was too. Um, folks, it was a familiar story. Carlton taking it up to a stronger side, but ultimately not having the class to finish it off. What do we take from that game? Well, it's been well documented. What a crappy crowd that was. It just felt really flat, the atmosphere. I'm glad Sunday night football's dead. Like I'm sure everyone else can agree. It's just such a small crowd. It was... And most of it was Collingwood, too. Like, it was just really, I don't know, flat. Even when the game was on and we were coming back, and I think we got to three points down at one stage, it just didn't feel exciting at all. It was just, yeah, good riddance Sunday night football. That's what I have to say about the game. Uh, I agree with you, Tim. I I hate that time slot of 7.10 on a Sunday night. And, I mean, I guess I possibly wouldn't mind it if it was either earlier in the season or closer to finals when it's a little bit warmer in Melbourne. But... I mean, close to the middle of winter, it was just, it was awful. And, and 40, 40 odd thousand, whatever the crowd was for a Carlton Collingwood game was just something the AFL just won't want to see again. Um, all, all I, all I really take out from that game is really how, how cold it was. I've, I've been going to football for so long and that, I think that's probably the coldest I've ever been at the footy. <laughs> so, you I, need to get a blanket. Well, <laughs> I do by the sounds of it. Um, yeah, so um, bye-bye Sunday night footy because, yeah, it was... I, I really only decided probably late Saturday that I was actually going to go. It just was just not a nice night for viewing footy. So thank God we don't have to go to any more Sunday night games. Well, yeah. For those On the that... actual game itself, 
um, not just talking about the weather and the crowd. I think it was awesome to see Yaren. He's got to be up there for um, in the top votes for our best and fairest this year because he had another absolute cracker. I thought Robbo was good for the second week in a row. People still aren't giving him credit where it's due. I think he he did really well. Um, I think, though, it's... It's pretty obvious that we just absolutely struggle when it comes to kicking goals under pressure. I think there was, one, I don't know what we're behind by, but Murph had the opportunity to kick a captain's goal. He wasn't that far out and he still couldn't do it. So, um, yeah, it's pretty annoying. And once again, Daisy showed that he cannot play against his old side. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like a mental block, isn't it? He's got against Collingwood. He just can't seem to get his act together at all. So, yeah. I- Hopefully now the preseason and we get him a bit more Carltonized. Maybe he maybe he'll be a bit better next year. No, I suppose well, it'll be shocking if you do that. <laughs> but that was, I, I think the um, the difference between the two sides. I agree with like what Mick said after the game in the presser that it was it was pretty clear that there was a bit of a class difference between the two teams because when it came to points where there were there was you know skills that needed to be executed under pressure and in in really important times we failed them and and they they nailed them you know i reckon that was a massive difference between obviously the first quarter blowout was it they just got a massive jump on us i mean really hard to win a game from there we were, we were in it for the rest of the the time and it was good to see a few people um step their game up a bit particularly uh, uh henderson uh being one played a much better game than he has in a while um, and Yaron had a fantastic game as well. But when it came to the pressure situations, I think we just failed constantly. And, and I hate to throw him under the bus a bit, but one little bit there, which uh, probably sees Armfield get dropped, was that getting caught holding the ball. He was trying to take the play on, but it was a clear, clearly, you know, it wasn't going to work out too well, and he got caught. It was pretty disappointing. But they don't talk to each other either. Yeah, there's got to be some other problems like that involved just, for sure. They just look like they're on their own all the time, and. One thing I noticed um, about Menzel was that I feel like he doesn't know which which player to really run to. Like, does he go after the guy who's got the ball or the guy who's about to get the ball? And there's quite a few of them out there who sort of just, they look like they're in two minds all the time. And because they hesitate and they take so long, even when we've got the ball, they take so long to move it on that Collingwood had all the time in the world to just set up and stop whatever we were trying yeah. to do. So it was... Yeah, yeah, the team cohesion thing, isn't it? It's like confidence in your teammates to be, to be doing the right thing and everything. That if it's not there, then it just goes all pear shaped, I reckon. So, and that yeah. is what happened. Look, yeah. <laughs> it went down. There was obviously a little bit of a work rate issue. Um, 90, Ninety-one tackles to Collingwood, sixty to Carlton. That is a massive difference, mm. uh, considering um, Collingwood had 57 disposals more. So they had the ball more than us. Um, they had 11 inside 50s more than us. And I think the difference was something like 20, 20 oh, more than 20 at three-quarter time. So we, we closed it a little bit uh, yeah. uh, from there. So, I mean, they were just ahead statistically all over the place. And it just it, it's, it's work rate. And, I mean, it's okay for us to have two or three players that will go to the ball carrier and try to shut them down. But we've got nobody at the back to cover their runners running past for the give. So... And, and whereas Collingwood would, they'd have the multiple tacklers going at the ball carrier, but also somebody covering in case the ball did come out. And we tend to play a little bit like os kickers in that way, where we just run where the ball is, and then surprise that it goes over our head to somebody running in space. So, um, 
I don't yeah, know. I, I think I posted in the first half of the game in the game day thread uh, in a bit of an angry moment. I was like, how many players do they have on the field? It just seemed that that was exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I, that's something I heard on uh, Sunday yeah, exactly. night a few times as well. Was uh, People kept asking, could we get a head count? Yep, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, we were... For a team that seems to be running out of legs in a lot of games, we only had 103 interchanges. Um, so we had a few up our sleeve. I'm not sure. You know, and, and I guess late in some of these games, when it's getting, you know, potentially could be close, we, we are tending to take a lot of our key players off the ground. Um, you know, maybe saving up for a, for a last, last few minutes, but the damage seems to be happening when the likes of Judd and Murphy and Gibbs are off the ground uh, late in game. So it would be nice if they could stay out there for the at least the last 10 minutes instead of uh, getting multiple rests. But uh, I don't know what the, what, what the story is, why we're doing that, and I'm not going to, you know, we can speculate, but I'm not going to go there. Um, I, I just wanted to give a little bit of shout-out too to Sam Rowe, who um, I think was really, really good again. He's, um, you know, he, he held... Uh, Jesse White, he was on most of the time, and uh, White got dropped this week. So there you go. Row and uh, Jamison, I felt both had really good games, and um, I thought it was interesting to note as well that uh, when Menzel was having trouble getting into the game and not knowing which opponent to follow, he got switched to the back line, and he paid a fair chunk of the game in the back line as well. Yeah, that was a bit odd, wasn't it? Mick must have wanted him to sort of be a bit creative well, off yeah, the half think, back line or something. Yeah, I think he wanted to mix up the matchups a little bit and um, get him to like be led to the ball because he had trouble getting his hands on it, yeah, especially early on. But um, yeah, he I I don't know how he obviously went in the back line. Um, like I can't remember who he was playing on, but and I didn't see him get it too much, so I can't. I don't think he would have done too well. Uh, definitely shows that his position is forward of the ball. Yeah. We have to give props to Blaine Johnson as well because he can actually kick. Uh, he was. <laughs> I was so he's impressed gone to the top of game. my favourites list. <laughs> I was so impressed with his game, not just the kicking, the the um, the shepherding of teammates, the bumps, the tackles, the getting to a contest. Like he was a kid, and he was showing. Yeah, he was Ooh. showing everyone else how to do it. Like good and good Blaine Johnson. I, I was happy to see that. And it's yeah. funny because. Like, from what I know of him, he's actually really introverted. And so when people are like, oh, we've got too many introverts on the team, I was like, oh, God, how's this kid going to go? Like, I'm, he doesn't hardly say two words. And then to see him out there, it's like he just, something snaps. I don't know, he yeah. switches my, on and he's so aggressive, but in, my, not in a, like a, a bit Campbell of a, Brown way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> might be a bit of white line fever. I've yeah. seen uh, some people that are quite quiet get out there. When they're out there, they're like really extrovert. They do a flip. But a lot of people don't. But the ones that do are the ones that you want on your side, I reckon. But um, we'll wrap up the Pies game there. Just uh, another case of near enough but not quite good enough. Uh, still to come, more list discussion. HBF fills us in on the best young talent in the land and we preview Sunday's Clash versus the Saints. Stick around. <laughs> Time for list it, love it, or leave it once more. Uh, we discuss the next five players on the Carlton list in numerical order, and uh, after that, HBF will uh, take us through the under 18 championships. Up to number six 
on the list, Cade Simpson. Um, what does everybody think? List it, love it, or leave it? You oh, love, love it. it. Yeah, we've we got to love it. Even if he is having one of his worst seasons in recent times, he, we've got we've got to love it. Like, he's... The last few weeks in particular, he started off slow, had a few good games. He's gone slow again, but he's got that many runs on the board. I love him. Keep him on. He's got the heart of a lion. He's got credit <laughs> in the bank. Yeah, yeah big time. So if anybody sure. says anything other than love it, then yeah. I'm going to give them a very withering look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's the point I was alluding to, was he, he's got the runs on the board. He might be having a couple of bad weeks, you know, throughout this year, but he, he stays. There's no way, no other way about it. You gotta love Cade Simpson. Yeah, he's still getting plenty of the ball, and look, he's had a, he's had some fantastic weeks this year. It hasn't been a oh, yeah. terrible season, but um, you know, a couple of quiet weeks here and there, and a few turnovers here and there. But he's, uh, as you said, points in the bank. Uh, moving on, number seven, Dylan Buckley. Oh, here we go. We got to keep, keep young Dilbucks. Keep him forever, please. Oh, uh, yeah. He's not going anywhere. I, I, reckon he, I reckon he could be future captain material. Absolutely. And I just find it so, like, I'm so proud of him because last year everyone was like, oh, who's going who's gonna to tell his dad that we're delisting him after the year, blah, 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 blah. And now look at him. If he wasn't injured, like, it's such a shame he's injured because I reckon he'd be in our best every week because, like Simpson, he has the heart of a lion and he goes out there all the time and just looks. He doesn't. He doesn't hold back, and he always gives a hundred percent, unlike a lot of them. So, love. Yeah, I, I think we've really been missing him um, lately. I think. Yep. Yeah. Okay. We unanimous on young Dillbucks. Lucky for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number eight, Matthew Cruiser. Leave. Cheap. Yeah. Love. I'm gonna yeah, go list. Honey, oh, how could you? Oh, look, right. only if the deal, only if the price is right, if you know what I'm saying. Nah. There is uh, no there, right price there, for me. There are circumstances, um, which I, I've admitted, um, where I would consider the trade. And that's if we get a godfather issue where it's too good to refuse and we <laughs> you know the injuries he's, he's sustained, he will never um, totally recover from, then we can almost take who's trading with us for suckers, give him an... Um, cruiser with who will never get back to 100% and get a really really good deal. I'm talking like a almost like a pick one or you know a really really good deal. Otherwise, I would I'd love to keep him. Um, even when he's come back, like throughout the last few years where he's been um, injury riddled, he's come back and he's uh, just gone straight back to not his best form but good form, impacting games all over the ground. Um, yeah, we got we got to keep him. Like people, he's been out for so long. People forget how good he is. Um. Yeah. He 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 shits all over Warnock big time. Yeah. See, I I, I would I got to put the caveat on it though. I would I would list him, but that's only if we couldn't get rid of or trade Warnock. And I know Warnock's not part of this that we're doing, but it's kind of it ties in with Cruz. If we can get something for Warnock and move him on, then I, I'm like I'd. Please, I'd come running back to Cruiser and, and ask for his forgiveness. Well, but... we won't take you back because you have to like because I'm sorry, but Cruiser has so many of those qualities that we're all lamenting that we don't have in the team. Yeah. You know, he, he's always one who will bump somebody out of the way for somebody else. He always does the team thing. And I just, it really, really upsets me that people are forgetting how good he can be. And yep. people are saying that there's no loyalty in football anymore. He's one of the few guys who rejected such a huge 
offer to go to another club and this kid bleeds navy blue and I know you all think I'm a bleeding heart but I think we owe him an, another chance to come back from injury because every time he does like happy dude said he's he's golden yeah, yeah I, I just I, I can't get rid of the thought that it's a it's a business and we want success you know yeah, the, 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 yeah and Cruz is one of those ones who will take us there yeah, you don't, you don't so. go trading out people like, like Cruiser that can come back from injury. And I've proved that he can come back from injury and would leave for the club, and he's so loyal. They're the ones you keep around for success. Fair enough. Yeah. Look, I hasten to add Bigfooty's own Matthew Cruiser. Uh, we own him. We own him. Um, and, uh, and we love him. Um, uh, HBF, um, I guess since you'd still take Cruiser over over Cochin if you had, they had the draft all over again, then, then you love him too, yeah? So I'm a I'm a massive Cruiser fan, and pretty much just adding to what uh, maybe said then, just uh, he he's actually got so many um, qualities that we're missing at the moment, especially around the ground. I mean, you see Warnock play, and once the sort of the ball's on the ground, he, he's pretty much a he's pretty he's just a liability out there. He just can't get around the ground, and we saw how good um, Wits played on Sunday night. So. With with Cruiser, we just simply don't have that problem. The the first thing we have to do with him is is just get him right, get his body right. Don't rush him back this year. If we need to give him an extended preseason, then let's do that and just get him right for next year. Um, there's just no pressure on him at all. I wouldn't even consider trading him. I, I wouldn't care if um, we could get two really good players from GWS or something. He's just an absolute keeper for me. Here, here. Yeah, I'd just like to throw in I've got the number eight on the back of my Guernsey. Yeah, well, sometimes numbers on the back of your Guernsey don't mean as much as we want them to. Oh, uh, not, not not for the club, but like you, it means a lot to me. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on to number nine, Kane Lucas. List I uh, this, yeah, I thought we'd be split on this one. I reckon list it, but I wouldn't be too upset to see him stay. No, I see. I, I actually posted recently in the rebuild thread about this, and I put my thoughts down about Lucas. Um, we just can't seem to get the best out of him. Would you all agree? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, you know what? Move him on elsewhere. Send him back out west towards home if that's what he needs to become a better player, and good luck to him for it. But let's get someone that we can work with and that does fill a need within the team. That's where I sit on him, basically. I really hope that he turns a corner and becomes a regular and, and um, you know, gets 20-plus touches a game and really impacts a game and everyone sort of eats their own words. But I don't see it happening, and I just think maybe a trade would be the best situation for everyone. What sort of value do you think he holds for us? I would say maybe a low 30s pick, mm. I would yep. assume. Or yeah, a fringe, fringe player, you know, of similar sort of type, you know, fringe midfielder from a different club who, you know, might be a better fit for us. Yeah, that, that, that's pretty much where I stand, except I, I wouldn't lose him for unders. Like, I think he holds more potential for us than to just lose him for what would essentially be unders. Um, if we could get yeah. that pick in the low 30s, I I would trade him. I would definitely list him. But I like you, I hope he can reach his potential. I don't know if that would be with us or not, but I, I wouldn't lose him for unders. That's just not what I do. I reckon he holds some value, and we need to get that from him, whether it be on the field or in, or in a trade. Yeah, that's fair. I actually think it depends what sort of interest is out there for him as well. Uh, you would think that it'd be one of the Western Australian clubs or or nowhere for him. You know, perhaps he might form a, a package deal where we might be able to get one of the uh, Victorian boys from maybe West Coast, and I'm talking about Andrew Gaff, but we just don't know. So look, I, I'm with I'm with the majority here. I, I'd list him to to see to see what we could get from him. I'm not sure 
not sure what we could get for him. Uh, but I just I just think he's just lost complete confidence and maybe just needs to get back to WA and get get back to familiar surroundings to to play his best footy, which is which is disappointing. Uh, having seen him play as an under eighteen, he was a he was an unbelievably good junior. So it's just it's just a real shame that for whatever reason he just hasn't he hasn't kicked on um, at AFL level. Yeah, I, I reckon um, he he would hold some value in a trade for us if say uh, West Coast do lose Gaff. And they don't lose Gaff to us. Say Gaff ends up at um, the Bulldogs or something else like that. Then they do need that outside run. I reckon they would. Um, we would be able to do a trade with them to get rid of Kane Lucas and get get something around yeah the mid thirties or it's, so for him. It's just ridiculous. I mean, if, if anybody needs outside run, it's Carlton. I mean, we we get smashed in the uncontested possessions oh, yeah. and, and our run, and and and, we, and and just just having somebody who actually knows when to actually lead and prov- um, provide that out out option to come out of defence or something like that, and he does that really well. It's just the other stuff's not coming together, and I think I, I think he would be a really really good player or very very handy player in a side that was, I guess doing better in the other areas on the ground. But the fact that we're falling down in so many areas, uh, his his frailties... Um, show up more. They, they show up more. I think it, I think a stronger team um, will get a lot more out of Kane Lucas. But, um, mm. I mean, I, I keep hoping... And, and, and look, even when he does come into the seniors, I think he does better than everybody else does. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm yeah. just not seeing it. I, maybe I'm just hoping that I'm he's still... There. I, 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 I think he's a bit of a scapegoat sometimes, but... Yeah, yeah. I, I can um where to blame for him not reaching his potential yet. Um, I I just think he um it's our we we don't have the best record for developing players that we get that are star juniors at all. And I think he's another victim of that. Yeah. Okay, number ten, Matthew Watson. Um, another one to list. I, I've been a. I've been a bit of a Watson defender and a Watson fan since he's been at the club, and, and I think he could develop into a really good footballer. I just don't think it'll be at Carlton. I think he's lost all of his confidence, and we saw we saw that firsthand against Hawthorne. Um, you know, missing that goal and and missing targets by hand, and just doing little piddly fifteen meter kicks when really he should really be using that left leg as you know a weapon and clearing at sixty five meters. He's got the turning circle of um, the Queen Mary, and he's just too. <laughs> he really is. Um, I, I think I read somewhere that Sydney had some interest in him last year or the year before. Mm. They're, they're usually a pretty good club to deal with, so maybe maybe they'll look at him. They've got a really good record of taking players from other clubs and and turning them into um, decent players. And I think just with the way Rose developed this year. Depending on what happens at the draft, which I suppose I'll touch on a bit later on, we may be able to move Henderson back, and we've also got Giles developing. So, just not sure if there's really a spot there for him at the moment. So, I'd yeah. listen and see what interest we get for him. I'd yeah. want to hang on to him for just one more year. Um, I think he's still young um, and has development left in him that we need to get out of him. Um, and as you said, we've got Giles, we've got McInnes, who's a, a smaller sort of defender, but, you know, a tall defender. Um, Jamison hasn't got a lot of time left in him, and I think we can we can afford to take the punt in keeping Watson on. I think his contract doesn't run out until the end of next year anyway. 
Um, so we can afford to keep him on uh, without having to try and trade now um, and try and get the best out of him, give him to the end of next year. So I'm sort of a, I wouldn't say love it, but <laughs> I'm a, leave him on the list anyway for now. Right. Um, with his contract running out next year, um, I'd say that we could get more value from him now while he is contracted. Um, with, with Roe coming on as he has, I think that's been that'll be his downfall with him on on our list. If Roe hadn't come on so strongly, I'd I'd be saying we need to keep him and develop him further. But with Roe showing such good signs, I think we are we have the liberty of we could probably trade him. And with the way the way um, this draft is apparently from people in the know with um, tolls and whatnot, um, if there's a few later on, we might be able to pick up another one to start developing in that mould. Yep. Uh, once again, I think he will be another one of those players that suffered in those early years when he was first drafted from our poor development. Yeah, but the problem is, all right, this is the thing that I see. If if uh, you think of three years from now, Jamison's gone because he's retired. He's old, he's broken, um, and he's, he's left the team now. Um, we've got Giles coming through, McKinnis coming through. Roe might be still back there, maybe. Um, and then who else have we got in defence? I mean, White. I reckon this this is a, a debate for another day, but to fill that hole, I, I firmly believe Henderson's a backman. Yeah, Henderson. But what I'm basically saying is that if we trade Watson, it, we really need to ensure that we get a a um, a current uh, backman, key position backman, who can slot straight into the team, essentially, because we're losing that four or five years of development that we've put into someone. Not to mention the uh, the depth, the tall depth we have on the list, and we've got probably less mm. tall than any other team in the competition. Um, and you know, if if when injury strikes, we're in a world of hurt. I'm I'm not I'm not a fan of Watson. Um, however, I think Carlton are confidence and career killers at the moment, and um, he has shown the attributes to be able to read the play well. I mean. Um, Ben Rutten's got the uh, turning circle of the Queen Mary as well, but he's, he's carved out a pretty good uh, career for himself and he's announced his retirement. Um, and so it's not all about um, having that sort of agility and that sort of um, pace and stuff like that. It's about being able to read the play. And he has had a couple of games last year where he showed he could do that, but they're few and far between. And um, I guess somebody made a valid point during the week that um, we tend to bring him in when we've got... Uh, Henderson or Jamison out, so he's uh, he, he's not getting that real. He's expected to actually stand one of the key posts, um, you know, and he's only played, oh, what is it, sort of less than twenty. Yeah, less than twenty games. So he's 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 expected to cover for a much better player um, rather than be that third tall quite often and sort of work his way into games. So no wonder his confidence shot. Um, you know, is an elite kick uh, kick of the football, except when he's kicking short. Um, but um, I just don't know. We maybe maybe another year, just because there's no way we're going to replace replace developed talls on our list in one in one draft. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm usually a Warnock uh, Watson. I'm usually a Watson defender. Um, because I, I reckon he, he can reach it, but it's just whether or not he reaches it with us. And um, if we can get something for him, we need to start making those sort of calls. It, uh, it's, it is hard to try and replace the tools on our list. We've got such shallow depth there. But, um, yeah, if we, we need to move forward. We need to move potential quality to get in potential quality. 
Mm. Odie, and do you think um, do you think Watson might find his uh, find his way up your neck of the woods to the Lions? Perhaps they they're in pretty desperate need of key position players. Oh, look, you know, um, anything's better than Goose McGuire, I guess. Um, <laughs> so so yeah, potentially, um, but um, you know, I don't know what they're prepared to offer, and, and we screwed them yeah. the wall a little bit with Doherty in last year's trade period, so they're not going to be interested in giving us too much. They probably think they, they probably think they owe us a bit of a you know, um, you know some comeuppance. Um, all right, uh, I think I think we'll leave it there. Uh, we haven't heard from Mebby much on this, guys. I can't. You can't. Oh, right. we'll, we'll I, leave you out I of it. I thought that'd be the case. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll respect you. I was just making sure you're still there. I'm um, still here. I'm sad. <laughs> maybe silence speaks a thousand words. Oh, <laughs> right. No, I just don't see the point in rehashing all this stuff. A lot of people have already made their minds up. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I feel bad for both of them. I think they both deserve another chance. But, yeah, anyway, doesn't matter. Move on. You're seeing writing on the wall. Um Okay, look, um, they're the guys that are currently on our list. Um, let's look at the ones who are potentially on our list in the future. HBF, you've been at the Under-18 Championships and uh, having a look at some of the young guys. What do you got for us? Yeah, look, I went down to Geelong on, on Friday. had a very nice day down there. It was a beautiful day and, and sat out in the sun and um, saw a few recruiters walking around. Didn't happen to see Shane Rogers, but uh, there was a lot of people down there, so had a very nice day. Look, probably not, not much has changed since um, I last commented on it. Based on the ladder position at the moment, we're in line for pick five. If Frawley leaves Melbourne, which I guess people are speculating that he probably will, uh, they'll get a first-round compensation pick for him, so that pushes out pushes us out to six. Uh, look, the top six probably hasn't changed for me too much, you, uh, ex- except for maybe Goddard. He's been a little bit poor recently, so... You'd still have the three the three main tools, which would be Wright, uh, McCartan, and Durden. Um, out of those three, I'd actually probably take Durden. He was really impressive uh, last week. Played at uh, centre half forward, and actually got I played on him, so it was actually a, quite a good little matchup. Um, Durden had him early, um, and then Goddard actually took a couple of really nice contested marks right out on the um, the outer wing, which is where I was sitting. So. Um, Goddard actually used his, his body well and really um, pushed Durden under the ball and took a couple of nice grabs. Um, Wright played in the ruck mainly on, on Friday and he was really good. He was really impressive around the ground. I have heard a couple of reports that he can be a little bit slow, but I certainly didn't notice that watching him live uh, on Friday. So he's definitely one in the mix. Uh, everybody knows how much I love Christian Petrarca. So... Uh, and he actually won the last medal today for best Division One player of the championship. So this kid's just got something that I think he could really offer Carlton. Um, as I said, he's a high half forward that can push through the midfield and just sort of think that the guy that I really like him too is Stevie Johnson. He's just got his heart around the footy, uh, pretty good skills, um, plays through the midfield. So he'd be one I'd definitely be looking at. Um, and the other midfielder that everybody knows about is um, Angus Brayshaw from the Dragons. Um, think, uh, Trent, think Trent Concha when he was 18. Um, just got that real burst out of, the, out of the midfield. Kicks on either foot really well. Um, goes in hard as well. Tackles hard as well. So he's inside and out as well. So, um, he, he, so there's, there's probably the six that I'd be probably looking at. 
Um, there is another one that, that I haven't seen, unfortunately, which is um, Jake Lever, a 192-centimetre defender from Calder. Um, he injured his knee last year, so I haven't had a chance to see him. But from all reports, he's going to probably f- uh, figure in the top 10 as well. Um, there was a guy that I hadn't really seen much of that took my eye on Friday, which is um, Damien Kavka from... Ooh, I think he's from Calder, but I've probably got that wrong. Um, a really nice little midfielder that uses the ball well. So he might be around uh, around the, the second, maybe second round that we could look at. I'm still keen, still keen on Marchbank, who's a 193-centimetre defender from um, Big Country. Um, can go forward. It'd be nice if we could get him on, up to 196 centimetres, so he needs to do a bit of growing. But um, I'm going to watch all the games that I've IQ'd um, over the next few days. So maybe give me a week off next week and I'll um, I'll come back with a much better and detailed report on, on guys who are in form and, and who we might be looking at. Again, it's a little bit hard, especially second round, because you just don't know what's going to happen between our first and second picks. So, um, yeah, that's, that's it for me for today. Thanks for that, HPF. Okay, at 10 past one, guess what day, uh, Sunday <laughs> at Etihad, while churchgoers are finishing off their tea and scones before heading home, Carlton <laughs> sitting equal second last, take on St Kilda sitting stone motherless last, and what shapes as a battle for the ages. Uh, in for Carlton, Simon White, Nick Graham, Tom Bell and Nick Holman. This is just a squad, three had to come out of there. Out is Mitch Robinson, who uh, who copped a well-deserved and, um, and, and and quite a worthwhile suspension, I would have thought. Um, uh, and in for the Saints, who cares? Um, <laughs> people, uh, how's this game going to go down? Have you have you lost all interest? Um, who's going to the game? And um, you know, what are the matchups going to be like? Uh, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be, there. I'll be on because the couch. We live yeah. here. We need to go. Yeah, I'm. I'm heading up straight after work and uh, sitting sitting with the Ferals again. Eddie had is it's Eddie had home game for us. So yep, sitting with the Ferals. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll thoroughly enjoy that. That'll probably be the best experience of the day. Um, I'm guessing the game's going to start with a siren and the ball being bounced. Be a few goals scored, a couple of breaks in between, and then at the end, one of the teams is going to win. It's a big call, happy dude. That is <laughs> Unless that. it's a draw, then I'm completely wrong. Don't say draw. <laughs> it's funny, ODN, that you mentioned church at the start of that, the intro, because I can now actually, it's really annoying, I can actually attend church after the game. And if we lose, I'm going to be that weirdo person that, that churchgoers see every now and again, walking up and down the aisles, muttering to himself, swearing about things that, you know, you're just like, what's wrong with that guy? That'll be me. So it's not really great timing, this <laughs> game. Worry. Exorcism. It, it, it'll it'll yeah. be the biggest possession of the, of the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm excited to hopefully see Holman play. Um, yeah, because yeah. he he is the absolute opposite of an introverted man. Like he is, he's like a little attack dog. That's not so little. 
so he's like a German Shepherd or something. But I'm excited. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he plays. I'd be pumped to see that. I think it's convenient that Robbo chose last week to punch someone in the face, considering Bell is kind of ready to come back from that finger injury. So hopefully he'll be in and he'll be he'll be fit and good to go. And guys, keep the faith. We're gonna win. We're gonna win by three goals. That's what we're afraid and- of. Okay, don't give me that tanking stuff. <laughs> no, fair enough. Sorry, baby. Sorry, that's fair. Because that is that is feral. Um, we need to play to win, and we're going to win, and that's it. Fair enough. Um, so uh, obviously Tom Bell's the one we're looking at coming in for Mitch Robinson. He's he's uh, he's a standout there. So Holman comes in for. Uh, yeah, good question. Mm. Rock. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. What one thing I enjoy about uh, Carlton and Kilda clashes, especially over the last uh, six or so years, is uh, there always seems to be a little spot fire, so a bit of heat between between the players. It does. Yeah, yeah. You seem to have two types of rivalries. You have the rivalries between like the fanfare ones between the clubs and the great, like we get with Collingwood and Essendon, even if um and Richmond, if the players don't necessarily um like show that on the field especially with Collingwood of recently. Um, but then you have these rivalries that are born between the playing groups where certain playing groups don't actually like each other and you see it really get fired up and intense. And that seems to be us with St Kilda. You get that a lot with uh, Essendon and North Melbourne. It, it always seems to be uh, Andrew, Andrew Walker. Walker. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they go. When they him go and Gildy were wrestling in the goal square and Andrew Walker didn't have a Guernsey on anymore, I was yeah. fine with that. <laughs> yeah, not, Goddard was one that I remember. Um, I always remember when he he ran into an open goal and bombed it into our cheer squad, and then got Change down home. and k- kissed his uh the St Kilda logo on his jumper. I spat at my TV I'll, when that happened. I'll never forget that. But uh, yeah, even like he he was one that got right into it. I think that was the day Gibbs played on him and dominated him, and that was the only goal he kicked. But um, besides that, yeah, no, I I enjoy I hate St Kilda. Um, a lot of people, especially older people that I talk to, always feel sorry for them because I remember them being so crap. But in my lifetime, they, they've been crap, they've been good, and then um, crap again, and then really good. And their supporters don't know how to like celebrate being a decent putting up with them. And I hate St Kilda, and I hate their players, and I, I would be happy to watch them lament at the bottom of the ladder for the next 20 years. So I hope we dump them. Yeah, I've, I've really got. Um, I'm really finding it hard to get up for this game. I just don't be I, like that. Have a hot chocolate or something. Yeah, I look. I'll definitely. I'll definitely have a coffee with the uh, with the old boy before we walk in on Sunday. But I'm just really it's sad, isn't it? Uh, I think it probably is actually. Um, yeah, it is because I shouted on um, on Sunday night, and then he at halftime he said who. You know, do you want to get a coffee? And I said, oh, well, it's your shout. And he goes, oh, well, I won't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so if you're, if you're listening to Thylacine, it's your shout on uh, Sunday. Um, I, I'm really struggling to just, as I said, get up for this game. It's a one ten start. It's just it's St Kilda. It's going to be cold. It's just, yeah, I don't care. There's a roof. Bring on, bring on the cricket. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, bring on the Saints it doesn't matter how crap we are or how crap they are I'll always enjoy playing against the Saints Saints if we can beat them I hope we smash them like yeah it's, I don't know if it's just going to be my generation and onwards but I, I really dislike them I want yeah I want to smash the shit out of them 
Yeah. See, I'd like to have Nick Graham come in for uh, McLean, um, but I'd also love to see Nick Holman come in. So maybe maybe Zach Tui gives way, give him a rest for a week. He's he hasn't been in the greatest form. Yeah. Um, and then I guess we have just got to sort out who's going to be the sub from there. Mm. Um, oh, it'll be one of the new kids, don't worry. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, that's Think might be an unpopular decision, but I think uh, Troy Menzel looks like he might need a rest. That's true. He may he may actually be playing he, pretty he just, tired. Yeah, he looks quite exhausted. And for a kid, um, you know, they they do need a rest. They can't really come in and play a whole season. Like there are exceptions where kids can come in, like Ollie Wines, and just play out a whole season, play it really well. But most kids do need a little bit of a break here and there. And maybe maybe we could Menzel might need a week or two. So I think Holman might come in for Menzel. Or, or, or we can make Menzel the sub um, yeah, and even Blaine a full game. Yeah, even that I'd be happy with. But I, I think Menzel, he looks tired. He looks like he's worked himself too hard. Like, he always tries to put in 100%. But uh, I, forgetting... I think he needs needs a break. You're forgetting that Mick Moldhouse is our coach. So Blaine was sub last week. He's probably going to get dropped this week. <laughs> oh, he, he'll be sub again, and then he'll be dropped. Yeah, I don't know why there's all this consternation about this game. Um, Carlton have a very good record against bottom of the ladder sides this year. Um. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we've, already, we've already beaten them once. And we've got a Do terrible you know yeah, yeah, but they were I'm above so us on dumb. the ladder then. Thinking, I'm so dumb. I was thinking, no, we don't. And then I was like, no. Make it worse. Make it worse. We've got a really bad, in general... Um, Record against the Saints as well. I mean, we beat them last time, which was nice, but we seem to keep freaking losing to them in the last few years. Sorry, and they're below us, so... That, that's all I can remember about St Kilda is them dominating us. Yeah, I'm unexpected. The so don't jinx us. If we, um, if, we lose, if we lose this game, HBF, start looking at number one draft pick, will you? And let us know next yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, well, look, I'd, I'd be more than happy to look at the num- number one draft pick. I think the problem is there's probably... As I said, probably Durden's probably the standout, so we we might even be able to get a crack. In, but um, I think we'll win. I just I just it's just one of those weekends where I'm just like oh, just you know, yeah, footy, yeah, thank you, Ada, no interest. So yeah, no, I, I, I think I'll be like that most of the rest of the year. But this week we can win this, and I love beating St Kilda. So we can bring win. it on. Don't- don't oh, worry about can. it. Go, so, go Blues. Go put yeah, it. No, nah, the more this segment goes on, the more fired up I'm getting about this game. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, with these sort of games as well, sometimes I'm sort of a bit um, a bit lax about them. I'm sort of like, oh, I'm not really that interested. But as soon as that siren goes, I'm like frothing at the mouth and yelling at the TV and stuff. So I'm sure I'll be excited about it. It's probably a little bit different for us, um, Shandog, because some... Um, you know, we get to go every week, so we sort of we sort of um, we sort of feel like you know we can almost pick and choose when we can go. Yeah. Whereas, whereas you guys that that can't go every week, yeah, you probably get a bit more fired up, a bit more yeah. fired up than us. Yeah. You guys are spoiled for choice. No, I'm just as enthusiastic as ever. Yeah, that, that, that's it. We're, we're going to smash them. Like, yeah, like I said, the more this conversation goes on, the more I'm looking forward to it. Oh, we'll leave it there so Happy Do can go and get a cold shower. Um, yeah, I'm gonna that's, that's us done for another <laughs> week. Uh, before we go, I just want to give thanks to Jazar, uh, betterwithmusic.com, uh, for some of the music we've used tonight, except for our opening theme, which has been provided by our own multi-talented Shandog. 
Oh, um, pleasure. Um, All that hard work for years and years. It's got on the podcast. I feel like I've made it. <laughs> oh, thanks, to that, that was genuine. I'm sorry if it sounded sarcastic. <laughs> Sarcasm's uh, totally out of place on this podcast, Shandog. Um, <laughs> thanks to Mebby, Shandog, HBF, and Happy Dude once again for keeping us entertained. Um, thanks, guys. Go Blues. Uh, yeah. Uh, until next week, may all your dreams be navy blue. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye. Bye. Yep. Mm-hmm.